Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have uh, another exciting episode, and we're going to continue on our series of the core missionary task. Yes, let's go. Missionary task. That's right. The old CMT. <laughs> we are super excited to be joined by really good friends of ours and co-workers for a long time, Kenny and Bethany, who are going to be with us today walking through discipleship as the third part of the core missionary task. We spent some time talking through entry, uh, going into new places among new peoples, laying the foundation of the gospel message. And then we talked about evangelism, preaching the gospel boldly and broadly. And now we're moving to the next step of uh, discipleship. And part of the reason why we asked Kenny and Bethany to join us is because this is a, an area where I have learned a lot from them over the years about how they have been diligent about and really care about discipleship and the ways that it's implemented in the work that they're doing. And so this is something that we wanted to give you all out there a chance to hear from them on as well. And we're excited. So, yeah, we are super excited to have you guys. And one thing I love about how you all serve on the field is that you really serve together as a family, um, that you're a team as a couple and the way that you involve your kids in the ministry. So we're excited for our friends and listeners to be able to learn from you and have loved the overlap that we've had over the years with you all serving in a nearby city. Welcome again to the podcast. Yes. So our 10 years that we've been in South Asia have been some of the most fun years we've had in our lives. And man, if we could have chosen anything to discuss when it comes to the core missionary task, discipleship's at the top of the list for us. Um, and, and that's because we see that everything either leads to discipleship or flows from discipleship. And it really is that if you're going to put all your eggs in any basket, it's there. Of course, all the others are important, but really discipleship, it touches every part of the task. I and mean, because of that, we're excited to share a little bit about what the Lord has taught us and just what his word says about that today with you guys. When we think about the task and we think about seeing the nations reach with the gospel, we know that discipleship is really at the core of, of getting there, of, of seeing that happen. And so without discipleship, you really typically end up with two types of people or maybe two types of paths. You typically will find those who really want to emphasize that field one and two, that engaging lost places, lost people, going, sharing the gospel abundantly. Man, they're just, they meet people and they're sharing everywhere they go along the way. They're going and they're sowing. They're going and they're sowing. But follow-up is less. They're quick to move on to the next place, the next people, the next field. And the work doesn't really move ahead. And, and sometimes it falls away because of the lack of, of, of continued follow-up. But then you have kind of the other side of it where people, maybe they meet a new believer, they come to faith and they throw them into a class for the next one month, two months, and maybe meet with them alongside others for, you know, an hour or so. And then they kind of, maybe they just start joining maybe the church, you know, that's their discipleship um, that happens, you know, from then on out. And a lot of times, again, from that, people kind of fall away because they're not owning their faith, they're not really understanding uh, what it be, means to be a, a disciple of Christ. And so we see those focusing kind of on that multiplication side, that first group, and then you see those kind of focusing on maturity. But really where um, multiplication and, and maturation intersect is discipleship. That's what really brings it all together. And so when we have discipleship at the core of what we're doing, um, it actually causes the task to continue to move ahead. Disciples making disciples that make disciples. And so that's why Jesus in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20 gave us that commission and also that promise, right? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and to hold them with you always, even to the end of the age. And so one thing that's been really helpful for us over the years when we think about that passage, really answering three main questions. So question number one is, who is Jesus talking to, right? We see he's talking to who? The disciples, the 11 disciples are there. And we know that from Corinthians, more than 500 of his followers are present at this time as Jesus has been saved and then. And then what does he tell them to do? He says, man, make disciples, right? We all know that's the command, make disciples. But he doesn't just stop there. He gives them the how. Discipleship's all about, right? Modeling, um, showing how, not just giving information and knowledge. That's, yeah, that's such a key part uh, to the task. But when we look at Matthew 28 and we kind of answer those three questions, we, we walk away with a clear understanding of what we're called to do as disciples. But I think there's one key part that's really, really important that sometimes we leave out that I've left out over the years. And it really comes at the end where Jesus says, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. The main aim of discipleship is not our relationship with our disciples, but our disciples relationship with Jesus, right? It's about, you know, Mark three fourteen. What does it say? And he appointed 12 that they would be with him at 4.13. We see that boldness there of his disciples. And what did we see right at the end? They marvel. Why? Because they had been with Jesus. And so. And I think another misconception is that um, a lot of people, when they think of discipleship, they think that this is for the new believer. Um, But really, discipleship is something that needs to be happening throughout our lives, throughout our walk with Christ, no matter how long we've been walking with him. I still need to be discipled and I need to be held accountable and need um, people to walk alongside me. So that's what we were talking about as we were um, preparing for this is we got the uh, leadership development even and discipleship are so closely intertwined because um, not only are we trying to disciple these new believers and um, teach people how to disciple new believers, but we want to see people continually, wherever they are on, in their journey, in their walk with Christ, uh, just continually uh, be brought closer to him and obey his word more and more. One of my favorite places to look at in the scriptures is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul is saying, man, pray for us that the word of the Lord would speed ahead and be honored as it happened among you. That's really where we begin to see going deep and going wide at the same time, right? That's how we get to every people in every place, that we just don't go really far. And we don't just go really deep. That discipleship piece of seeing it go everywhere. And, you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, right at the beginning, what does Paul say? Your faith has sounded forth everywhere. They were an example to follow, an example for us to learn from. Even if we go back to Jesus and the life that he modeled, it was a, a, a modeling for us of doing that very thing, going deep and going wide at the very same time. And so when I think about discipleship, we also think about tools. Tools are really, really important. But which tool is not as important? You know? right. um, there's so many great tools out there. We have a, a discipleship tool that, you know, spent a lot of time uh, working on and, and using, but there's so many different ways that you could disciple somebody. So we really feel strongly. It's not about tool, but just that all of our tools, whatever they might be in the task would be simple, something that anybody, whether they are educated or whether they are not, maybe if they cannot even read some way that they can use it. So it needs to be simple. It needs to, of course, be biblical, um, based out of scripture, honoring the word of the Lord. And then it needs to be reproducing, not just reproducible, but something that's actually able and, and able to be reproduced, but that is, um, is currently reproducing. It needs to be just something simple, low cost, no cost. Um, those are great things to look for in a tool. Yes, for sure. And so that kind of leads into kind of the, one of maybe one of the last kind of main points that we want to make about discipleship. We've got a few key principles, but a couple things just to think about as we think about discipleship 
and we think about the life of Jesus, the number one, if there was one thing that we could kind of underline, bold, circle, uh, 10 times as Nathan likes to do um, when we're with him, that would be time spent, right? Time is so key. And I believe that's the main reason why discipleship today, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I believe discipleship is the greatest weakness in the church today. We're seeing strides in it. We're seeing it grow and excited by where it's headed, um, but it's still a place that is is really lacking in a lot of our plans and a lot of our strategies or just, just globally around the world. I believe it's because of time, right? Time is the thing we need the most of that we have the, we can't create. We can't add more to it. There's only 24 hours in a day. And so, man, Jesus, as he spent those years on the earth, those few years on the earth, what did he do? And he discipled those brothers and sisters. He chose them. He spent time with them. He walked along the way. There were instances like in Luke chapter 11, verse one, where the disciples, they've seen Jesus do all these amazing things. They've seen him cause the dead to rise. They've seen him uh, cast out demons. They've seen him take five loaves, two fish, feeds multitudes of people. And what do they ask him? Man, teach us to pray. They could have asked him anything, but what do they ask him? Teach us to pray. Why did they ask that? Because Jesus, he was living it out. He was demonstrating to them that prayer is one of the most important things, even for him, the perfect son of God. And so they went to him asking that because, again, Jesus having that life of living that life of discipleship. And so as I study God's word, as I learn uh, more and more about making disciples, I, I just continually go back to that, that. It's all about just being intentional with our time everywhere that we go. That's if we have a volunteer team from the U.S. come alongside us and we're in our five hour journey to the place. What are we doing along the way? And discipleship's taking place. We're talking about maybe how we're going to share the gospel. We're talking about how to get into this conversation or that. Or I'm with my national partner and I'm staying at his house and we're sleeping on the floor and it's 2 a.m., it's 3 a.m., it's 4 a.m. And we're talking about the task and we're talking about the things that just don't come up during a training session. And so that time spent is so, so very crucial. And when we're willing to uh, I don't even call it a sacrifice because it's such a joy, but when we're willing to kind of set aside maybe our own selfishness and say, you know what, I'm going to give all the time that I can to this brother or to this sister. And so, and there's creative ways of doing that. For me, um, we have four kiddos and we're homeschooling. And so while I do get out and do things uh, ministry-wise outside the home, a lot of it is means bringing people in. Uh, sometimes that's just bringing people into the, the crazy, into the circus. You know, even those things are discipleship, even those those things that we're not even saying to them, but the way that we're speaking with our children, the way that we are disciplining them, the way that we speak about and to our husband, all of those things are discipleship. And so that is why it's so important to spend uh, spend that good time with people. Yeah. And another thing that just came to mind as Bethany was sharing that story was goes back to the early days when we first hit, hit the field. We were about on the field for maybe about a year or so. And we were really wrestling with the idea of like inviting partners into our home, going like taking our family, going be with them. We just didn't see that model in a whole lot. And I, for, for there were reasons, you know, bringing this village pastor into your big uh, apartment complex. It's got 57 buildings. It was a little just for us, a little scary. Like, how are they going to take this? What are they what are they going to be thinking? Is this going to cause issues? And so we finally came to a point where we said, you know, we're just going to do it. There's going to be some challenges there, but we think, we believe that the the benefits are going to heavily outweigh that. And so we did. And man, it made all the difference with our relationships with brothers and sisters as we began to go as family. And so I can remember this one time we go to a place, it's it's a nine hour drive down some of the worst roads we've ever been in at that point since we had been on the field. And uh, we have four kids. And so our second child, uh, Shiloh, we, at that time we only had two. So she was what, about one year old. 
And so we went with one of our partners, one of my first partners, um, Precious Brother. So we had never been in a home before in South Asia. And so this brother and his family, we get there around seven o'clock at night and we're having fellowship time together. We're talking and, you know, it goes on to eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. It hits 11 o'clock and we're kind of looking around each other and they come to us like, you guys want to have dinner? We're like, okay, you guys are ready. Over the course of the next few days, Shiloh begins to sleep as we've ever slept in her entire life. She's used to sleep 12, 13 hours a day and she's getting three, four hours. Anytime she cries, everybody's coming. And so a lot of things happened on that trip. It was a three day, three nights we stayed with them. And when it came to the end of that trip, we're in the car, they're all out waving, you know, we're taking pictures. And so the windows or are, are Bethany and I look at each other and we're like, we're so glad we're going home. But then as we drive away, we're like, man, we're so glad we came. It was one of the best experiences we'd ever had. And so just that life on life discipleship, playing games with their kids, their kids playing games with ours. So I've always said, if there was a secret sauce or a secret way to really grow your relationship with the disciple, with someone you're investing in, walking alongside, and bring your family along with you. Spend those times. It's worth it. Yes, they're going to be challenges. Yes, things are going to go really poorly at times. Kids are going to have a meltdown. They're not going to want to eat the food. All that kind of stuff is going to happen. But man, just making those memories, laughing together, doing it together is it's so very worth it. And so one or two other things that, that come to mind would be uh, about choosing. So who are you going to invest your time in? I think that's something that we really struggle with sometimes. Like, who am I going to spend my time with? And so people usually fall in one or two ditches. One ditch being, man, I'm going to commit to everybody that I ever see. And so they spend a lot of time with a lot of the wrong people. But then also you have the other ditch where they're like, man, they don't commit to anybody. So they actually never form any relationships. They don't ever get an opportunity to see how things are going to move, move ahead. I can remember with one of our my, uh, people that I invest in, we were talking about who to invest time in. And I was like, you know what? He, he's like, so who do I invest in? I was like, man, you got to invest in fat people. And this local brother looks at me. He's like, fat, just big people. I mean, yeah, fat, but, right? We want faithful, available teachable, but not just that. We want reproducing. So faithful meaning that, man, they, if I'm not there, they're willing to go and do, not just that they show up, right? Availability, they're willing to make time for it and find a way to be a part of it. Um, Teachable, not just that they're willing to listen to the training or listen to this new tool, but they're willing to give it a try and test it out, even though it might be something very different than, and then reproducing, of course, means, man, they're that second Timothy to, you know, Paul to Timothy, say, you've learned from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust a faithful man who'll be able to teach others also. When you find brothers and sisters that have that, those are the people to invest in. However, guess what? I've not met one person yet that had all those in the beginning. Just a quick word to the ladies. Um, Shaney, one thing that I heard you say many years ago that has really stuck with me and I've repeated to others. Sometimes for us as ladies, our time might be a little bit less. For me, it's not even always that I have that luxury to find this person who, who's hitting all these, these marks. But I just want to meet with who the Lord puts in my path. And so that's just an encouragement for if you don't, maybe don't have as much relationships in the season that you're in. Uh, Shane, if they're willing to go share the gospel with me, then great. I'm ready to go out with them. I'm ready to invest in this person. And so uh, that has been really been a big encouragement to me over the years of just seeing who is the Lord putting in my path. And okay, well, that's who I'm going to invest in. Mall is super, super key, super, super important. Um, in order to actually see what Jesus has commanded us to do for his disciples to do in the task of how do we teach someone to obey? It's by following those simple principles, right? And we naturally do it in everything in life, um, right? To teach the things you learn how to cook, the way now we wake up and we brush our teeth. There are just so many things that naturally happen. And how did it happen? Someone modeled it for us. Then eventually they showed us. Then we began. they began to step back and they watch us. And then, man, they said, now you go on and teach others to do it. You go on now and move ahead. And that's really what 
disciples it's all about. It's investing that time, encouraging them, and then and sending them on. And so you're wanting them to get to a point to where they don't need your one-on-one life-on-life discipleship every day like it is in the beginning. Because think about Jesus' ministry. What did he do? Those early days, he's spending a lot of time with him. But, but as he got close to the end, Jesus' time with his disciples only increased. It didn't actually get less as things were about to, right, we're about to go. But like he was giving all that he possibly could up to the very last moment because now they're about to go off and do one of the most encouraging things that we have from the scriptures, right? It says in John 14 that they would do even greater things. Brothers and sisters, we have the potential, the opportunity, not just the potential. God, the Lord has told us we're going to do even greater things than he has done because of the spirit that is with us. Man, what an encouragement. What uh, a thing worth fighting for, investing in the lives of brothers and sisters, no matter what it may cost. Another thing is, is helpful uh, when we think about making disciples is called a thing we call, maybe you've heard it before, is 139. So me to my disciples to their disciples. I feel like in our ministry, that was something that was really key. And so in those early days, me alongside, we'll call it me and Brother S, man, I'm teaching him everything that I know, showing him how to use our tools, practicing them with him regularly, even doing trainings together. But when we got to the point of me going with him and his his disciples, um, I wasn't the one teaching them anymore because I didn't want to rob him of the opportunity to really invest and strengthen and, and grow as a disciple of Christ. Instead, I was the one there in the back and maybe after the meeting time or during the, the, the prayer time, kind of whispering in his ear some different things that I was seeing to help him to move ahead, wanting to put him before others. I can remember a couple months ago, I was in a home with one of, actually, this was down four generations down. So one of my disciples, disciples, disciple. And so the two guys in between there, they weren't there. It was just me and this fourth generation um, disciple. And we're out in a place together. And I noticed there were a few things in the way he was sharing the gospel that like, were kind of important that probably needed some, to be addressed. I came back and I talked to my disciple and I encouraged him who then talked to his disciple, who then that brother went and met with this brother that I've been sitting in homes with. And so guess who gets all the credit now? That brother. So for that, we'll call him Brother A. Brother A is looking back to his guy, the guy. He's not looking to Brother Kenny, the foreigner that came inside and like, I'm getting the credit. He's looking at like, no, here's my expert who's investing in my life. And so I feel like sometimes, especially as outsiders, we want to have that opportunity, right? We want to be able to be like, I'm the one that did this or I'm the one that did that. But when we do that, we're, we've missed it. We want to empower. We want to entrust it to our brothers and sisters. We want to platform them. And so that's another really key part that the Lord is still teaching me. I'm still trying to go of really just platforming others so that they can be effective so awesome. The longer you don't hit mute, then the longer I keep going. So, <laughs> man, such good stuff, you guys. And I think just the the combination of the biblical background and then all the practical tools, Kenny, Bethany. That's why we asked you guys to speak on this topic, is because it's so evidently your own passion, but it's so evidently the thing that you carry in the work as well. And I think just the way that you walk through it, I've seen you, Kenny, especially, and obviously over the years. Bethany, your family being involved in that as well, but just the way that you guys really do pour into people. The heart of the commission is make disciples. And I think that to the extent that we focus on that, that's how we see the work advance. I love what you said, Kenny, that maturation and multiplication meet right there in discipleship, right? Just for us to remember that we don't have to choose broad or deep, right? That we can choose to make disciples in accordance with the original simple command. And that when we do that, that we can see both. It's not easy. It's not like a formula. We all know that. But that when we choose discipleship, when we choose to really pour in, then that's when we can see multiplication and maturation happening side by side. Uh, I think that 
you guys just some of the the main tools that you walk through man some incredible principles that i hope people can hear and grasp uh principles like mall principles like the fatter filter principles like 139 those are things that are just incredible very simple but also incredibly powerful tools to help us think through how can we steward our time and our relationships with people as we're trying to make disciples because those are some of the hardest choices we face you guys talk through some of the practicals of that like who do i pour into how much do i pour in when can i get time with them uh man just stewarding our own time and the way that we use that that's such a huge such a huge factor right such a huge decision for a lot of us especially maybe in the beginning stages you're in a new place you're looking for new opportunities you're thinking through praying through man how does this work and i think a thing to emphasize as well in the midst of that is just how the spirit leads as we pray as we commit ourselves and submit ourselves to the lordship of christ and just let him lead us as well because there's many times kenny you mentioned it nobody's fatter at the beginning right? right nobody has all of those together or even maybe the majority of them and so there's a lot of times we just have to believe and step out and say okay lord this is i believe that you brought me to this place and this person into my life and i'm going to step out and invest and not all of those turn out great right we all know that there's many times that those yeah. relationships dry up the investment you feel like you put in there maybe as far as you can see it seems like maybe it was wasted but we still just have to contribute right we still have to pour in and find people that we can we can disciple i mean jesus didn't bat a thousand either when he was choosing right, right? he had a little advantage he knew what was going on there's some uh deeper deeper truths going on in the background but uh, just to recognize man we just have to do the best with what we got and i think the goodness of having both the fewer number that we're really investing in where we do have the life on life but we also do have the broad trainings where we might see mm -hmm. those people once a month or mm -hmm. once a quarter but how god uses both of those right and so yeah. we don't have to only have our 12 that we're doing the life on life with. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not discipling someone or that God isn't going to make it fruitful if you only see them in big group settings. And I think even thinking about in my life, there are different types of people that have discipled me. And some of those I see rarely, but when I see them, it's a very impactful time. They really can correct me or speak into my life. Um, that's good for us to think about. I'm thinking about new people coming on the field. And, and so it's good to have both of those in our life because I want to impact as many people as I can. And similarly, with all of the components of the task, we're trying to equip as many people as possible to make disciples, right? So we have to have a way to teach th this simple tool that you all use that is very similar to ours. We want as many believers as possible equipped to make disciples, equipped to take this booklet that teaches you how to read the scripture and ask questions and understand it for yourself and obey it in your life. We want as many believers as possible able to do that. So there is a good a goodness to a big group training, along with having your three that you're really pouring into and that you're getting into their home and you're spending the night and having those really deeper relationships. Yeah. I think one of the underlying, an underlying thread that's gone throughout this discussion from the beginning we've talked about, and we talk about this in our area and in our work and on our teams, local ownership. And both of y'all have mentioned mm -hmm. 
pieces of that along the way, right? The, that mall tool, model assist, watch, leave, that's really built around that principle you talked about as well, Kenny, the importance, even in Jesus's time, he was leading up to his departure and even increasing the time that he spent with that smaller group of disciples as he knew the, that the end was drawing near. Anything else that you all would add in terms of local ownership as the goal uh, from the very beginning as we're thinking about discipleship of just how do we pass this on more and more to our local partners all along the way? Yeah, you know, when we think about the task, kind of the last one, so I won't steal your last uh, segment of the of the series, um, you know, exit, I like the word entrust um, better. I think it's the, the best word when we think about it. And so that entrusting is something, we were just talking about this in a team meeting the other day, is something that's happening from the very beginning, right? Entrusting isn't the last thing. I feel like sometimes because it's the last thing on the list, we kind of treat it like it's the last thing. All right, when we get there, then we really got it. But actually, entrusting is happening from the very beginning. It's happening in entry. It's happening in EV. It's happening in discipleship. And so having that mentality just alone is huge from the very beginning. But I'm I'm trying to pass this on to my brother or my sister. I can remember it was a couple years in, you know, I had kind of a Peter, James, John type relationship with a few guys. When I came to the field, that was my biggest prayer. That was our biggest prayer. Lord, give us Peter, James, and John. And just like you said, Shaney, yes, we want to have those that we're investing in intentionally walking alongside really close. But yeah, we see Jesus model also. He's with the crowds, right? He's with the 5,000, the 4,000 and, and those big groups. But also we seem really intentionally spending that time with a few. I think that's where local ownership takes place and that one-on-one life-on-life time together um, with our people. And something that served us really well, um, kind of a, a little saying that we came up with a few years ago that we use across our team, our partners use, it's train a little, do a lot. And what I mean by that isn't do less trainings, but in the midst of the times of these training sessions or these, and that can be with a big group of 30, 40, 50 people, or down to a one-on-one with you and a brother or you and a, uh, a couple sisters. And that is, man, when you're out and you're doing some training, do do less talking and do more doing, right? So talk, and that's the way that we kind of say it in the, the local language here. We just say, speak less, do more. Quit standing up front and just teaching them over and over and saying this, that, and the other. The way they're going to learn the best is when you're out in the field and they're able to see it. And so I've seen so many switches just flick on for brothers and sisters, light bulbs turn on for people when they actually see me doing it versus me telling them about it or even practicing it in the classroom. It's when we're actually out in the harvest alongside them. Then guess what they do? They go out and they do the very same thing because right, that's what discipleship is. And so I started to reference this a minute ago and I skipped to another thing, but there was this time a few years ago, I was going out with a brother, been investing in, and I come to this training that I kind of helped coach him through, set up. And I literally, I sat at the very back and I didn't say one word the whole training. But as I sat there and as I drove home after that meeting, you know what I thought? I was like, this is the best training I've ever been a part of. And I didn't even do a thing. And so, man, what a joy it is. The people we get to walk alongside, when we see them being obedient, when we see them doing um, what the Lord has called us to do, he's created us to do. Yeah. And I think just one other quick thing is just trying um, whatever season of life we're in just to model um, model a life of discipleship. Um, you know, we always talk about, you know, we should share the gospel as we go. Right. And I think also the same applies for discipleship, that we should strive to just disciple people as we go. Sometimes we have those set weekly meetings where this person comes over and we're studying the word. And that's great and super important. But um, also sometimes it's just 
as we're having conversation with maybe somebody from our local church. Um, recently, a, a young mom shared with me about that um, since having kids, it's been such a struggle for her to be in the Word. So I just took a few minutes and shared with her how I carve out the time in my day. We kind of strategized where she might have some pockets of time in her day. Um, so that was discipleship. It was just a short conversation. But um, whatever it is that, that comes up as we're having conversations with people, just looking for small ways even uh, to continue to point them to Christ and point them to His Word. Yeah. And that discipleship that leads to action. Not just let's not just meet up at Starbucks and study the book of Mark every week for the next six months and let's study it and then let's go do it. Let's apply it. That's what that's all the difference right there with especially like just like kind of how we started the call with those who just want to go and just share. So, man, all they do is ever they do. All they ever do is just go out and share the gospel every week. They never study the word together. They're never really growing in what God's word says. But then you got those who just all they do is know it. They know it more than just about anybody does. But they actually aren't practicing it. The gospel and his word without action, without putting feet to the vision that we have, it gets us nowhere. I think that's so key when it comes to local ownership is just modeling for our brothers and sisters. And, and we're called to do this work, not just train others to do it, but we're called ourselves to do this work. And that should always be at play. And of course, as you have more people you're investing in, that might decrease some, but man, if you ever get to a point as you're doing this work and man, you're not really sharing the gospel much. You're not really helping taking part in planting churches or, you know, just the different aspects of the test. You're not making that Oikos list that you guys referenced on the one of the last podcasts. Um, man, you've missed it. You, you need to go back to that. Go back to your, our first love when it comes to discipleship. Those simple things from the beginning need to be a part of, a part of the process uh, in our lives as disciple makers. Man, such good stuff. I know you guys could keep going and going, especially you, Kenny. Uh, but there's that. That seriously, the, you guys are just speaking out of your heart and speaking out of your experience and your ministry that the Lord has given to you. And again, this is why we wanted you guys to speak on this topic. I want to, just as we're wrapping up, bring it back to something you all said at the very beginning. That is the key for everything we've talked about, and especially I think for local ownership is just to remember that these are not our disciples. That we are, our goal, we are striving to make disciples of Jesus, and even right. going back to the commission his promise that he would be with us always, right? And so ultimately we are, and this is the the foundation and our assurance even for local ownership. As we, as we, as the outsiders, we contemplate a departure, right? Truly a entrusting. I agree that's the best word, but there is an aspect of exit for us as well, right? Sure. There's going to come a time when for whatever reason, then we're going to be leaving those fields. And I think even for, to help our people, Maybe it's locally in a in a small setting. They're thinking about a church they've planted. There could be a time for them to step away from that local church, just like there was for Paul and those fields where he was working. And the reason we can do that with confidence is because we have made disciples of Jesus, not disciples of us. And the ongoing growth of the work and the ongoing maturity and the multiplication of our disciples of the, the word of God is ultimately in his hands. It's not in ours. And so if we've done our duty, if we've carried out that that work of bringing them to Jesus, helping them to trust in him more and more, then we've done the work of discipleship and we can trust that he's going to continue to do that and carry it on forward after that. And I think there's many times that we have to believe in our disciples' ability to do something more than they do, where we have to push them. That happens in parenting too, right? Where you tell your kid, no, I know you can do this. And you give him a little nudge, but that's part of the local ownership is us 
refusing to do the teaching and saying, no, I know you can do it. And that's their chance to lead the booklet and lead the discipleship meeting, even if they don't feel 100% confident. But that's how we all grow. And I think of the people who have discipled me. There were moments when they believed in me more than I did, and they just gave me that nudge. I wanted to end by seeing if you guys knew, it's a little podcast trivia. Do you know what our podcast has in common with the movie 101 Dalmatians? Maybe this is the 101st episode. Yes, Kenny, you got it. We wanted to celebrate that we have done 100 episodes and you guys are number 101. You guys feel special, don't you? Very special. Super special. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and all the the hundreds and maybe thousands of listeners. Yeah, that's right. You're going to be getting a lot of That's right. You guys are are bumping it up for us. We appreciate it. Hey. No, you guys are doing awesome. We 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 love this. We listen to this often and are are learning lots from it. So keep it going. Well, guys, thanks so much for the time. We really do just appreciate appreciate your example and your model in this specific topic and making disciples. You guys as a whole family, you really do yeah. model this for so many. So yes. we appreciate your faithfulness to the task and your friendship. We love yeah. you guys. Enjoy the time that we get to spend with y'all uh, whenever it is. And so thanks for speaking in and helping our people. Yes, and the. The principles that you all have shared, reproducible and fatter and 139, mall, all these things that we can all use a lot in our vocab, they are real and they work and we are doing our best to live those out, right? They're not just things we talk about or put on goal sheets, but they are truly effective, proven principles. So I hope our listeners can get some takeaways from this. Thank you guys so much for being willing to help other coworkers and future coworkers learn how to do better at making disciples and equip- equipping others to make disciples. Thank you guys. Thanks let's, for having let's me. Let's go make disciples. Let's do it. Listen a little and do a lot. Yeah. <laughs>